What's up? The Hassan. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy we're doing this, man. I'm happy as well. <laughs> now a lot it's of been people... a long time coming. I think I remember you came around to my place once when you were getting into the video production, and, right? And uh, it started off with vlogging. Yeah, I tried my hand <laughs> yeah. at vlogging. Uh, I thought vlogging was really awkward for me. Um, I lo- I think I, I, as a person, I love consuming vlogs. Okay, I watch yours. Uh, I watch uh, Casey Neistat or whatever you know. Some sneaker vlogs as well. But uh, so I tried to do it myself, yeah. and um, the one problem I found was talking to the camera in public. Uh, I found that to be a <laughs> little bit. You've got an audience. Yeah, and a lot, a lot of people are looking at me like, "What is he doing?" You know, and uh, and uh, yeah. So that's that was my uh, you know that was my thing. But and then slowly I started going back. I was like, "Wait, is this really what I enjoy doing, or is there something else I could do?" Mm-hmm. But I'm really thankful to you for like actually showing me the the cameras, <laughs> how they work, and like what I could do with cameras and stabilizers yeah, and all that kind of yeah. stuff. So I remember, I remember that it was one one morning you came you came you came by and we were going through different toys and exploring <laughs> different possibilities discreetly to, to shoot outside as well as like the smaller the better. But I understand I understand the. Uh, uh, the, the the challenge. If, yeah. I think a lot of people who try to create content, especially here, I guess a lot of because it's not something that you see a lot right. uh, in public, and and you've got the challenge of actually trying to say something important or or value, and then you've got like five people watching you behind right. the camera. So it, it makes it a bit more difficult. And you you suddenly have to be your tip top <clears throat> self. Yeah. You know when you're when you're carrying that selfie camera and yeah. like looking at yourself, you suddenly have to switch on uh, vlog persona. Sure. You know what I mean? Like sure. you gotta be the guy who is chirpy and happy and like adventure and do yeah. the you know. And I felt that was I guess that with time you sort of uh, adapt into that role. Mm-hmm. But I guess for me. It was a little difficult. I don't mind trying it's like, it's it again. Like being on stage. Yeah, it's like right? exactly. Like you it's can't like, you can't be on stage and like be you know you can, but like there, there's a certain persona that you have to put on when you absolutely. So creating any kind of content for people to consume. I think I'd like to go back into it, okay. maybe at some point in the future. But right now I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying just yeah, chilling cool. with, um, and I'm enjoying consuming your your podcast. <laughs> I think it's pretty cool. I'm enjoying sitting with uh, interesting people and having conversations <laughs> with them Thanks. and uh, and all that good stuff. But uh, before we go any further, the Hassan, the uh, the man, the myth, the <laughs> legend, uh, you know, who uh, started off in. I mean, we, you and I go way back, right? Sure. I think sure. what, ten years or more. More than ten yeah. years for sure. I mean, I think it was back in 2003, 2004, oh, wow. when we sort of started uh, the gigging scene here. In, uh, in the UAE yeah. in Dubai, uh, of course, Juliana Down, uh, and it's funny because we all started around the same time. Maybe you guys started a little earlier, actually. Um, we had this bunch of bands that were happening it's at amazing. that time. It's beautiful. I, I still reminisce on these days, to be honest. They were really like, cool days. I mean, uh, to be, I'll, I'll be hundred percent frank. I'm not as engaged with the local music scene today right. as we were probably back back in those days. But I felt like the quality of shows. Yeah. The, the variety of music. At the moment, I feel because maybe it's easier to put up an acoustic set or acoustic show, there's a lot of them happening, which is amazing and it's, right. and it's great. But there was something that was in the local music scene previously, which was diversity. Like in one show, you would have anything and everything from like alternative rock to heavy, like heavy, death heavy metal. death metal. Exactly. <laughs> and it was all okay. Like we were all happy to be together yeah. on one stage and it worked. They were the mean? funnest, like they yeah. were the funnest experiences. 100%. I remember we'd have to go to these shows about 
and it was a good number of audience that would uh, show yeah, up to exactly. the shows. Like about exactly. a thousand people would show up to the show. Yeah. Um, we would play in that little hall, um, the Schwan Hall. I don't know if you remember it. 100%. Down in uh, Nasser Lisherland. And right after the shows, I don't know if you remember this, but right after the shows, Fry.com, yeah. everybody was going on to Fry.com, which is a community website where <laughs> people would be rating the bands. Absolutely. And I, th- I thought that process was really important for the bands. Dude, we, so many times we'd be playing shows and coming back home, Can't like we- logging the next morning to see our <laughs> score, right? It was like it was like an exam or something. And it was it was really cool to You're actually... Right. That was that was an amazing process. You were involved in yeah. Fred, right? You yeah, and yeah. Joe Yeah, yeah. So um, I thought that community was so strong. There was right. so there was a there was a site where everybody can, can communicate and like tell everyone what's happening in the scene. We don't have that right now. Uh, there was a vibrant community that was so diverse right. that it catered to everybody. So yeah. I think that was that was something that was pretty special. It was very tight-knit. I remember it was... <clears throat> I think we were all much younger, obviously. I mean, we were all like university students. I was the same or, size, though. I, yeah, <laughs> I never changed. Yeah, changed much, actually. <laughs> yeah. I was always the same size. <laughs> Absolutely. 18, 32, the size. It's all 12. Same, yeah. <laughs> yeah, same size. Um, but it, it was a very like, tight-knit community. We were younger, but there was like... The, the university students, the high school students, and we'd all get together and yeah. we all sort of huddled around Fry.com. Now, to people who yeah. don't know, yeah. uh, Fry.com was a website uh, that sort of promoted the local music community 100%. and um, mm-hmm. and it was it was really revolved around a forum and there was about yeah. a few thousand people yeah. signed up to that forum and uh, that was the scene online and what you saw online was what translated on ground. So it was like the same people who commented on the website were the same people who came to the show 100%. and the same bands who commented on the website yeah. and uploaded their music were the same guys playing the shows. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a very sort of like revolving, um, it was just like a circle of fans, bands, yeah. engineers, like all of them working yeah. together. Yeah. 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 Um, and yeah, it was just so much fun. It was, it was all these bands are playing together. And uh, <laughs> let me let me remind you of this one incident. You Using Fry.com, actually, mm-hmm. I just remember this. Um, one of our very first singles was called "Feel the Same." Oh uh-huh, yeah, of course this. I remember it. Yeah, so I I, I, I still remember the fucking like <laughs> the whole words, the, the, the tune, everything. I, I can't even remember what year was this, but basically we had an idea to kind of. Uh, literally hijacked the radio station. Uh-huh. And, and the idea was, we came to you guys and told you, we're releasing the single, the single is on the radio. We didn't tell you the single wasn't on the radio yet. Uh-huh. We said, guys, the single is on the radio. It'll be amazing if you can support us and put on your landing page the number of the radio station and the fact that we just released a, uh, a song. And the only way you can hear it is to call the radio station I and request for the song. Yeah, The song wasn't even on the radio. I right? That. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was like a game plan. We thought, <laughs> we thought, if we were able to get as many people to call the radio stations and ask for the song, they would just play it, right? So, of course, like we knew the we we knew the people that we needed to talk to, and uh, I think we've been trying already to get the song on the radio, but they were like, "Oh, you know, you guys are like local; nobody wants to listen." I said, "Okay, we'll we'll see about that." Yeah, and so it worked, though, right? It, like, it worked. It so we gave it about a week's time, where people were calling the radio station and asking for "Feel the Same," and of course, the radio was like, "What feel the same? Who? Juliana Down? Who's Juliana Down?" <laughs> and like a week later, I would call um, the head of programming for Radio One. It was Radio One at the time, and. Uh, I said, hey, this is the from Julian Down. He's like, what? You're Julian Down? Where's your song? And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, everybody's been calling for your song. Dude, it went on straight to play A playlist. And of course, on the radio, there's A playlist, B playlist, and C playlist. Okay. And that, that determines how often they play the track. It went straight to A. Wow. <laughs> they were like, here, take it. Oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> and, yeah, that's crazy. So, so it was, uh, I mean, it was a little trick that we played on. But on, it's, it's uh, awesome. I remember like a lot of people started calling and a yeah. lot of people started requesting the song. And I actually remember when it started being played on the radio. And it was such a 
a prideful moment for all yeah, of us. Like, exactly, wow, one yeah, of yeah. us made it. You know? Exactly, because we're all part of the, the process. You yeah. know what I mean? And, that's, and that was the, the community feeling that at the moment I'm not getting. Yeah. Um, yeah I know yeah. that there's, look, I could be wrong. You know, there's, there's Go Play the World, which is doing a great job. There's so many different entities at the moment in the local scene. But maybe because like I don't I don't know if it's something that we because maybe we're involved in that in that era of the music scene here it kind of we reminisce back at it and we say oh man it was better it was better back yeah. then it was better. but I mean if you think about it it was it was very we were all very involved in it yeah and there were there weren't many outlets for us to go and express ourselves musically um, or talk to like-minded people 100%. so that's why I think a lot of people were drawn to this scene was yeah. because you know okay I can meet a lot of people who think the same way that I do yeah. uh, who enjoy the same music that I do and it naturally and organically progressed uh, and became a scene so there were a bunch of bands that had their jam spaces We'd go over to the jam spaces and we'd watch them jam, and then like yeah. there was a little bit of a rivalry between the bands, you know, yeah, like. 100%. Mm, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you remember like <laughs> bands like obviously Nerve Cell? Uh, course, they yeah. they did quite well for themselves. And they're still, they're still, they're, 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 they're still killing it. Yeah, yeah, they just released a single uh, about a couple of weeks ago. Um, yeah, the Nerve Cell are doing quite well. Yeah. Um, there's obviously, I mean, there's a handful of bands that maybe just uh, sort of a sc- broke out of that scene, <laughs> like Nerve Cell, Juliana Down. I mean, you guys were also on stage with Guns and roses not too long ago uh so it was nice to see it almost got filtered like some people just sort of said no nah, i don't want to do this you know i'm yeah. just gonna go find a proper job and do my thing and yeah. and some people just stuck to it you know and people like you stuck to it and and i think that's why yeah. you know you are where you are today and you're not maybe not as active with juliana down itself but you know at least musically and creatively and that also sure, that all sure. opened doors for you you know what i mean I and uh yeah. and i just remember the early days of juliana down back in like the, uh, around 2005 or something yeah. that summer was it when you guys decided to move to dubai and take that true trip. yeah take that a, was wild. A, I, I remember that i want you to that say was, that uh, i mean that's yeah interesting i mean like I don't know. I don't know what we were you thinking. I don't know. <laughs> it was probably because, like, so we were living in Abu Dhabi and we did not have the resources to record in Abu Dhabi. Right. right. So there was a studio in Dubai. We were managed by a company who, like, were helping us record the album. Right. And um, so because there were so many hours required for us to be in the studio and we lived in, in Abu Dhabi at that point, the only way for us to basically make it. On, on a tight schedule because we were paying per hour right and it was it was pretty it was like a large amount as well that we had to, that, that the uh, management company had to pay um, but we then decided to we were about five guys uh-huh. we decided to rent out a studio somewhere yeah. like in I remember it was, it was in Baraha or somewhere, right. like somewhere in yeah, old yeah. Dubai. Uh, and, uh, old basically, ghetto yeah, Dubai. Pretty, pretty super ghetto. You didn't want to walk around at night. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, dude, five, like five members of the band, we kind of stayed in that studio. Yeah. And I remember after that, we also then packed our bags and went on tour. We, we went down to, we played a show in Spain, Barcelona, and then we played in England with uh, a South African band as well. Yeah. So it was pretty cool, man. I remember you played a few shows in London. I I remember when I came to you guys, you know, um, back then, because I remember we, uh, the whole management thing came about when Desert Rock started in uh, in Dubai. And and they were holding auditions to uh, get people to open for, I don't remember, was it Darkness or something? Like, or was it just Desert Rock, right? I think it was Desert Rock, because the first show that we played with uh, uh, that series of shows was with Rasmus. Oh, was that it? was 2005. Oh yeah. shit! Oh, Limp Bizkit right. was supposed that to was be a Limp Bizkit show. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was the first biggest show that we played. That was 2004. That four, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Limp Bizkit was supposed to come, and then there, there was us, 
the Rise of Muslim Biscuit. Limp Biscuit canceled, of course. Yeah. Well, can I then, just say yeah. that I was devastated when Limp Biscuit canceled? <laughs> okay. Devastated. We were happy. We got more time to play. We yeah, like, we yes. to play. But <laughs> so. I remember because Limp Biscuit was the first proper rock slash mm. I'm going to say metal, uh, new metal, let's say yeah, band yeah. that decided to come. Playing? I don't know. Are they? They're all over. I don't know what ha- what's happening with Limp Biscuit, but <laughs> okay. they're kind of touring now, but uh, yeah. not really recording. Of course. Um, but I remember back then. You know when they, when the management uh, company had, uh, you know, announced uh, Limp Biscuits, I remember everybody went crazy. You know, yeah. I was like, "Holy shit, Limp yeah. Biscuits coming to Dubai! This is insane!" And it was the biggest thing. I remember it was that. The it was biggest like thing. The yeah. biggest thing. It sold out. Yeah. You know, people were just excited. I remember crazy. those posters all over the city with yeah. Fred Durst's face. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, I was like, "Holy crap, this is gonna be amazing!" Uh, and then I remember, like it was yesterday. Uh, Jackie, bless her, uh, yeah. from uh, from CSM, the company that organized the show. She called me. And she's like, um, it was April first. Uh, she was like, uh, <laughs> she was like, see, uh, Limp Bizkit canceled. I was like, ha ha, whatever. <laughs> Limp Bizkit did not cancel. She's like, we are in crisis mode, and yeah, Limp Bizkit yeah. had canceled. We need Fright.com's help with this yeah, one. Yeah. You know, I was like, what are you talking about? They did not cancel. I'm like, I was so excited for yeah. the show. Yeah, was, and uh, yeah, I remember I, I we had to break the news on Friday, and people were devastated yeah. that you sure know was everybody was so excited that Limp Bizkit were about to play yeah. in Dubai for the first time in that stage and everything. But I think what, what was amazing about that is still a lot of people showed up. I don't think yeah. they lost so many. So yeah. many, like so many tickets or so 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 many members of the crowd. Well, a good a good four thousand showed up. Out yeah. of, I think it was eight thousand people who were who oh, bought okay. the tickets. Okay. So like let's say half of them didn't show, but still four thousand is pretty yeah. good for a first like for you guys to play a stage like that. That was the biggest. That was the biggest That's at a, that point in time. That was the biggest that we ever played. And yeah. I remember we were in grade twelve. So coming back to school, like just just normally like you know come back to school after that show and people, uh, dude, you know checking out the pictures. You must and, have been the coolest guy in school that weekend. Dude, I was like, what's happening? I'm like, no, I wasn't this popular before. What's going on? And no, it was amazing. And I think right straight after that, there was a battle of the bands in uh, Abu Dhabi uh, school, AIS. Okay. And then all of a sudden they put me as a judge. I'm like, what? And I was like, of course I was a kid back then. And I was, I'm, a I think, judge. I was like, I'm a judge. <laughs> and it was funny. No, it was really nice. I mean, I don't know if you remember. There's so many bands like even Illuminatus uh, that that was back yeah. in the scene. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Spanish guys, I think, and it, it was cool, man. I remember cool. Abhorred. Of course, you remember Abhorred. Yeah, yeah. Praveen, yeah. Pritham. Uh, amazing, these yeah. guys were fantastic, yeah, yeah. man. Yeah, they were awesome. It was crazy. Uh, Days and Confused. Oh, Days and Confused. The That's other right. day I was at Stomping Grounds here in uh, in um, in Dubai, actually. Okay. Um, and I was just sort of getting grabbing a coffee, and then I ended up talking to the owner of Stomping Grounds, and it was the guitarist of Days and Confused. Really? And I was like, what? And who we were just got to what speak. What was his name? Um, he's an, he's an Indian guy who moved to uh, to Australia. I forgot his name now, but actually I have his card. Okay. <laughs> <But> anyways, <laughs> but basically, he he was the guitarist of Days and Confused. Because Kim, I knew her. Pretty well. She was a Kim, I know Kim. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember Kim. Yeah. She was really cool. Yeah. We, were, we could go on about yeah. the local, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bring in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's. <laughs> we're, we're reminiscing there. <laughs> but I remember, I remember, so that was the thing. You guys you guys went, you did your show, <clears throat> very well received. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you had your songs. And what's cool about your band at the time, we were all covering songs, whereas you guys were pioneering in Original. writing originals yeah. and, and performing originals. Yeah. And, you know, it was always a mixed bag with the audience. Like, people were like, ah, but we want to hear more covers yeah. and you were like fuck you I'm going to give yeah. you more originals you know so I think we were just shit at covering things <laughs> like, we were like every time we try to do a cover like this sounds bad 
don't know. No, you got pretty good, music. Man. <laughs> <laughs> so. No, you got. I mean, I, I remember you had some really good uh, uh, originals, and and it's good because you guys persevered at the at the originals, and people started knowing your originals, yeah. which is pretty cool. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it got to the point where, uh, like, we were we were the Audi ambassadors down the line, right? And then Audi even like took one of our songs to um, use for a commercial, and then it, I mean, it was it took a while. I would yeah. say it took about 10 years to really to really see the the fruits right. like we were we wouldn't be getting paid anything to play shows. You know right. what I mean, like we would basically be paying money from our pocket to do the rehearsals, buy the gear, and actually just to play. And then ten years later, we kind of started to see some, like some kind of, you know, right. uh, sort of feedback from from the efforts that we were been putting. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. And it takes a while, man. It takes yeah. a while. So everybody, for for anyone who's trying to make it, whether it's an artist, a musician, whatever you are, trying to trying to sort of. Uh, create your identity it takes a while but stay stick to it you know, you know what it works it, it took a while <laughs> but you kind of became the go-to band for like any sort of major gig that was happening here like we need yeah. an artist uh, an opening artist we got to go for Julian Dow we have yeah. a you know corporate gig we got to go for Julian Dow like a safe bet you know what I mean I think yeah. like we weren't too heavy and mm-hmm. at the same time we would be playing uh, original music that people knew us right. and we were on the radio right. so those different elements kind of like came together and of course the rate like later down the line of course uh, Virgin Radio supported us quite a bit as well uh-huh. uh, Chris Fade was one right. of the guys who really pushed our he really content. did push you guys yeah, yeah. pushed our content on, on the radio which was amazing um, on Virgin Radio on Virgin yeah. Radio yeah and then things changed I don't know what happened I don't know. like <laughs> they stopped playing any like nope any <laughs> music I don't know we've moved on <laughs> <laughs> but no there was a period of time which they were very very supportive okay okay um and yeah i mean so it, it was i think it was an it was a safe bet for for organizers to 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 have us and uh it was it was great i mean we played with 36 to mars That's, i, that was I remember that I was at that show as well yeah it was pretty pretty nice do you have any like cool rock stories like i mean uh, <laughs> any bands that you've met that were like you know how they say don't meet your heroes you know <laughs> you know yeah. did you ever yeah. run into the situation where you're like oh man this guy's an asshole like or or was it all just very pleasant um, and uh, and like really fun I mean I've met quite a few rock stars in yeah. the last 10 years thanks I think to everybody see. that I met you probably met I, like because because you you were always backstage at our shows right like yeah or majority of them I think I don't know how it always like ended up backstage you <laughs> know what are you doing here what, <laughs> what, the, what are you like what are you getting here? I don't know man <laughs> I know somebody who knows yeah, somebody yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tony got me in no, no. <laughs> yeah no no but, it's uh, no I think I mean I, I or were you starstruck or like did you feel like oh crap I'm really excited to meet this certain artist or you know like because you guys met a few like you met Justin yeah. Timberlake you met Justin you, was cool man yeah? I think it was really nice yeah Justin was nice I think, I think when we met Korn there's a rock they're they were pretty yeah they were idiots yeah. really yeah they changed now I think but I mean I don't follow the band dude that's so interesting because I had yeah. a, such a different experience really? yeah no. tell me about your experience no I mean it was it, like maybe it was everybody around them but okay because we, we were trying to get through and we were trying to say hi da, da, da. and I was actually with uh, Rob from the machine head okay and like we were just talking and Rob then, from Machine Head yeah, just, like, <laughs> throwing that out there you know just with Rob because yeah, he was the yeah, Machine was playing on, on the same on the same uh, uh, bill as well and then so he was standing next to me and we were just trying to say hi and then everybody was wishing us and then even Rob was like fuck this <laughs> and he left I'm like okay I'm, I'm leaving as well then but it was I feel like when you're trying to meet your, your, your idols sometimes when there's that barrier right one amazing okay one amazing experience actually Here, here's I just remembered okay cool let's after do this playing, after playing <laughs> give me a good one with, uh, with um, Kings Leon mm-hmm. in Atlantis um, walked off stage super sweaty have our guitars on whatever and then was it Sandance? 
it wasn't part oh, of the oh, just a regular it was like show. a standalone show, okay, but cool. it was in the same venue. Cool. And uh, and walking off the stage, and there was like an older guy just on the side, shorts, holding a beer, just super chilled. And for a second, like. I recognize the face, but you know when you kind of like, I don't know where I've seen this guy. And you did because you don't, you're not expecting to see him there. And we're just walking behind, like backstage to to where our cabin is. And he's like, "Hey guys, nice set." And I was like, "Hey man, thanks." And literally, I took about five, ten steps, and then I was realized, hold on a minute, I know this guy. I turned around, I looked at him again. I was like, "You're Jimmy Page." <laughs> and he was like, it? what? He's like, yeah, nice to meet you. I was oh, like, no it way, was Jimmy dude. Page, man. Was, <laughs> we were hanging out with the guy well, for like an hour. For like, and wow. he was super cool. He's like, do you want a beer? I'm like, yeah, of course I want a beer. <laughs> Jimmy Page, like, dude. It was amazing. It was amazing. Damn. We, 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 didn't, we, weren't, even, we weren't able to speak to, to, um, to Kings of Leon, but okay. we were hanging out with Jimmy Page like a whole hour. You got to hang out with a legend. <laughs> no. And forget Kings of Leon. Like, you got to hang out with Jimmy Page, it man. That's awesome. awesome. It was awesome. He, he was super cool. Like the security guy was trying to like push us out. And he's like, no, no, it's cool. And we just hang out. There, there was a, What the was Jimmy this. Page doing here? Like, what was So that? he knew the, uh, the management of Kings of Leon. So okay. he was just sort of coming to Dubai, having a vacation or something. Oh, gotcha. Um, so he was just there at the gig yeah. watching the yeah, show. Yeah. And okay. And we, we were hanging out backstage at this like sofa right by the beach. Just having a beer while Kings of Leon playing. Jimmy Page. It was amazing. Yeah. Damn, man. cool. Well, it's interesting because like you had that experience with the corn, but um, I remember I met corn in the airport. So, oh, nice. um, so in Dubai, in Dubai. So I was uh, before that gig. So okay. they were arriving to this gig, and uh, there was all this news about corn that Monkey had left the band just after mm-hmm. Head had left the band, and yeah. like so it was so much news about corn and so on. And uh, I remember CSM, the company again, who was organizing the show. <laughs> they would call me and they said, uh, "Hey, would you like to come with us? We need like we're short of cars and yeah. like whatever. Like, so if you want to come out to the uh, oh no, it was the PR manager. Yeah." We needed a ride uh, to sure. the to the show uh, yeah. to the airport. It's like, can you pick her up and come? Like, fuck yeah, yeah of course yeah. I can come. You know, like, where do you need me? I'm the government. So um, I went there and uh, and Corn surely had arrived yeah. at the VIP area and. Um, now here I saw it like um, Fieldy come out, mm-hmm. uh, and I couldn't catch him. But then Jonathan Davis came out. So like you know, being a, a you know a '90s kid, you know, listening to Jonathan Davis, and yeah, like yeah. of course follow the leader, and yeah. like all these like issues, Untouchables. Yeah. You know, so he's this guy, yeah, he's, 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 he's the guy who sings yeah. all those records. You know, <laughs> so here he comes out, and he's like coming out with his hair, shit. Like, he's just walking <laughs> around. I was like, hell yeah, man, this is Jonathan Davis. So he goes and sits in the VIP area. I was like, I'm going in. You know, I just go into. Uh, I, just did, I go through the security and everything, and I was like, I just went up to him like, "Hi, John! Like, I'm I'm such a huge fan, and, uh, and like, it's really an honor to meet you." And he just got up and he's like, "It's an honor! Like, the honor's all mine. Oh, no I'm way. so happy to be here wow. in Dubai." You know, um, I was like, "Did Monkey leave the bed?" Like, that's the first thing. He's like, "No, no, no! Monkey's on a different airplane. He's coming. Don't worry. Like, we're all gonna be there tomorrow." I was like, nice. "Good." Nice. I, was like, I was like, "Really looking forward to the show and stuff." So yeah, it was it was really cool, man. I've always liked to meet like uh, you know these rock stars yeah, or these yeah. like it's always cool to meet them you know one so b- before getting on stage um, at the Guns N' Roses show okay. I had a that's I a had, good story I, I want to hear that one I, yeah. had cold, I had cold feet okay. like like really like I was I wasn't going on I was like I'm really? not going I'm not going <laughs> okay so, so walk me through this right so you got here here like I want to delve on this yeah. Guns N' Roses are one of my favorite bands in the world sure so so you got the call right. Okay. Hey, Leah, how you doing? We want you to open up with yeah, Guns N' Roses. Yeah, it was kind of like park the car on the side, jump around. No, of course, it was a big deal. Like, we, you know, it, it was a massive deal for us. Okay. I think this is, so it was about 35,000 people. 
the biggest show we ever just played. Just a little, yeah, you know, it, it is. Small little show. Biggest, it's just a show, small biggest show we ever played. I think we still have a picture of this paper on the door behind backstage, and it was like, um, I think doors opening, DJ, whatever, Juliana Down, Guns N' Roses. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I was like, just like, what? What is this? So it's still a dream you know yeah. thinking about that it's still, it's still a dream but I, th- I remember so we did the uh, sound check um, Nigel who's a stage manager is, is an awesome guy and he's he's actually ends, ends up being our stage manager at all of our shows I don't know how oh. he's like <laughs> Nigel's always there you know what I mean? <laughs> hey, <laughs> and, uh, and I remember him coming up to us and saying listen we have an issue and, it was like, What's, and this is like 10 minutes before going on. He's like, we don't know when Guns N' Roses is going to be deciding to go on. So you guys are going to have to just play until we tell you to stop. Okay. I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's, let's work around this. So, but anyway, so there was, I think there was so many different things. And of course the crowd, you can hear them. The lights are off. And, and then um, uh, Bumblefoot okay. was around as well. Okay. Bumblefoot guitar player. Guitar player. Former from, guitar player of Guns N' yeah, Roses. Yeah. yeah. So um, he's such a cool guy. And then basically we were, we were hanging backstage. I think, and I was like, shit, I can't do this. You know what I mean? Like, and then he was there, and, and I, I don't know who else was there, but some somebody from uh, from the band members as well was there as well, and it, it was pretty like it was a little bit of a rock star moment where I, I think there was a bottle of Jaeger, and, and they were like, "Listen, just take a bit of this, <laughs> take a sip, and, yeah, you'll be okay. and, then, and then even both was like, "Where's the guitar?" I'm like, "It's over there." Like, I just didn't want to move. I was like, "I'm stuck to the ground. I'm not moving." He Whoa. went grab the guitar. He's like, "Here, take it." Like, I just had to like he kind of pushed me out of out of the side of the stage to go onto stage, and he's like, "Just go. You'll be fine." He's like, "Go." Yeah, man. So that's crazy. It was uh, yeah. Had had a bit of an issue. How did it feel though, like to walk on that stage? <clears throat> 35,000 people, with, like 35 hungry yeah. fans for the yeah. first time it's in their lives going to see Axl Rose. And then you were like, hold on, yeah, before me. you see Axl Rose, <laughs> it's, it was tough. Down. It was yeah. tough, you know, it was, it was a little bit tough because of exactly this, like, like ninety nine percent of the people didn't probably know who we are, right? And they weren't there to watch Atlanta. <laughs> they were there to watch Guns N' Roses. But I think, I mean, coming back to the organizers, goes Flash. Like, props to them for putting on. Yeah, they um, put on great shows. You know, great shows, and yeah. also to always think of local bands to open up because yeah, you, you're starting to see a trend now where where I think they're forgetting to put or they're, they're intentionally maybe not putting on local bands before before right. big, bigger bands, and I think it's a problem. Like, if you really want to support your local scene, that's an important part of it. Radio right. and and you know, opening for for major for major acts. Yeah. So, anyways, um, <clears throat> so yeah, so a lot of people didn't even know who we are, and I think halfway through the set, you know, it worked out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it worked out, but at the very beginning, it was it was nerve wracking. It was like first right, five I mean, lights minutes, on, yeah. and you see the like, sea of people. Yeah. Like yeah. how how is that it's feeling? Crazy. Like I, I've never felt crazy. that. So how like how how does that feel for you? Uh, it's insane. It's insane. Like they're you know they especially like when they get into it as well. Yeah. It's it's insane, man. I mean, there there is nothing like it. So, That's incredible, man. Like That's incredible. I miss it, of course, because now we haven't. I haven't played a big show like that for about two years. Okay. Last gig was with thirty six months. Those are fifteen thousand people. Still oh, that was the last show. time you guys did. A, okay. Yeah, that was the last last gig, and I think, I think I was at that show. <clears throat> uh, was that in Do Forum in uh, Abu Dhabi? No, this was in uh, in Trade Center. Oh, that was a Trade Center yeah, show. I last, missed that one. Okay. Show. Yeah. Um, and it was great. I mean, yeah. I mean, we played some tracks there that we uh, sort of. There were new tracks, a lot of new music, stuff like this, and it was amazing. It was, it was a good experience. So, so after you finished your show with Guns N' Roses, you uh, you walked off stage. Um, obviously, you know, Guns hadn't come on yet. Yeah. Um, did you get a glimpse of how the workings of such a huge band, like, what's the mechanics of that behind the scenes? So, you know, you got a band like Guns N' Roses about mm-hmm. to put on a huge rock show. 
So was that an experience for you to to see the crew and, the, and yeah, the, you know, yeah. like it's it's. Uh, I would, I would think it's, it's the closest to being in the military as possible, I think. Right. especially when it comes to the production crew, because they're on a tight schedule, they don't want to be messing around, they don't have a lot of time to waste as well, so they become... And everyone's on Axel's clock, yeah, you know? Like, like the, the, and I know it's, you know it's probably not the crew's fault, but they, everybody becomes a little bit more aggressive, mm. everybody's trying to like push everybody around, so, but I guess they're, you know, as a crew, they're trying to get things sorted in, in, in time, so right. you see you know, a bit of sort of pushing around and, and stuff like this, but... Um, Muse when when they played Does Rock for example there's uh -huh. a few bands where the, nobody's allowed to be backstage really right but then I kind of like I remember sneaking in behind you know backstage where Muse was playing and you see literally five six guys on laptops I don't know what they were doing maybe controlling the lights or like the you know the, the so different patches on yeah. but it was it, it's those bands that don't allow anybody to be backstage and I'm always like what's happening backstage <laughs> you know, you know what I, mean? like, I heard something about uh, Muse uh, I don't know if it's true Matthew Bellamy yeah. uh, he was saying that. Uh, Or, or, or there was a story about him that he like he gets a little paranoid, mm. um, so he doesn't like to interact with so many people. Um, you know, that's what I heard. I don't know if it's true. You know, you hear about these stories about all these rock stars, yeah. but it always happens though. Like, right? I mean, the bigger the band, the more the rules yeah. around the band. You know, um, who says hi, says hi, says hi to the hi to them to them who, who like who can see them. I'm sure you didn't see Axl Rose backstage, did you? No. I mean, like, no. that was yeah, yeah. the elusive Axl Rose. Yeah. You know, <laughs> he like just he just like, arrives. <laughs> you know, it's like uh, no, yeah, of course. I mean, I think. When you're on a touring schedule as well, and we plan like 100 shows a year or 200 shows a year, whatever it is, you, you kind of want to create a, a comfort zone for yourself because right. otherwise you go crazy. Right, of right? course. So, I, I understand that. Which, yeah. which, like, we'd understand. I mean, we weren't even playing that many. And you kind of, once you're being or taking part of like the problems of, of setting up a show, you kind of get frustrated. Yeah. And if you're going to get frustrated every single day or every, or like four times a week, right. then you're just going to quit. Because like, you got to be your, yeah. yourself when you go exactly. on stage and, and you're yeah. performing. Yeah. And I think a lot of the times the management are trying to protect their artists so that they, they still are in the mood to perform because uh, you've got yeah. like a two hour set or th you know two hours and a half or that's a very good point hour and a half like you need to be mentally there otherwise if you're pissed or you don't want to be there or the whole show is getting that's a very good screwed, point so. yeah actually that's a very good point so, yeah. I, I remember um, backstage at the Metallica show um, I was again just popped up backstage yeah. <laughs> what are you doing here man <laughs> so uh, I was uh, it was me and my brother and we were walking around the backstage area and you could feel like the crew was yeah. was on like they were tense you know like yeah, yeah. nobody allowed this exactly. area right here what are you doing walking here you go walk there you know like it's like the military yeah, yeah like they're, they're about to basically kill you like, yeah. Where's the, yeah. and the band yeah, wasn't yeah. even there yet you know yep. and then like four Escalades arrive backstage <laughs> and then like each band member walks out and then like royalty that walks yeah. out of the car you know and then suddenly you see James Hetfield walking as like holy shit that's James <laughs> Hetfield you know what I mean it's it's. I mean there's, an, there's a certain electricity around the entire thing yeah. backstage you know what I mean like the band the crew the uh, yeah. you know the, the press the people trying to get yeah. interviews the, it's just like a very cool it's a whole different world backstage you know what I mean like so there's front of house there's what's happening front of house the people the bands the whatever yeah. and then there's backstage where like there's this whole other universe the cool it's kids like, <laughs> right it's like damn I'm backstage woo yeah. you know I mean, yeah. for, so of course like for, for a musician an artist for somebody who's into you know the band properly they you would always enjoy being backstage you right kind of yeah of course see, see the, the you know the behind the scenes and that's why uh, I don't know if you remember with all these behind the scene movies at MTV for example it, it was so big it yeah. was like 
any any of the concerts that I remember even watching, whether it's Muse, Metallica, like we'd be loving the content coming off like the stage and, and watching the, the concerts, but I would even enjoy it more if I was able to see what's happening in the studio or yeah. what's happening backstage. Yeah. And I don't know if it's a musician thing or, you know, if, I think if you just enjoy the music and, and the artist, you kind of, you're into that. Right. And you're into the industry as well yeah. and like how the industry yeah. works. And uh, were you there for the 2005 Desert Rock where Machine Head played and... Uh, and I think the darkness were yeah, playing, and yeah, yeah. yeah, and you got well, you guys didn't play we that game, though, yeah, right? No, we were playing. We weren't playing that. Okay, game. okay. There was another. I think there was another local band that played yeah. at that time. <clears throat> but yeah, it was. It was. I mean, it was a very good scene yeah. at that point. And so we go on about this for ages. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as we're reminiscing, man. But um, so for you, like, okay, so you've done this Juliana Down thing. It's it gained a, you know a certain amount of success in in the in yeah. the country specifically. Um, like I said, you get the, the, the go to guys. So. You know, going to you, like, as a person, um, how did you feel, like, from your high school self and, you know, powering through, you know, um, powering through all the years, like, all the hardships and all the things that you had to go through and so on, you know, how did that, you know, I want to put myself in your shoes right now to just understand, you know, what did you go through? Like, what did you go through to, like, to break through these difficult uh, situations that you're in? And you're, you're in quite a few <clears throat> situations over the years. Yeah. One thing that I love about you is that you're incredibly positive. As a person, you're an incredibly positive <laughs> person. Honestly speaking, I'm not just, like, yeah. saying no, that yeah, I mean, really positive person. And I, I, I love that. And that's why I think it's a good message for you to be out yeah. there, like, put you out there. So, yeah, so I'd like to know, like, how did that go through with you? Um... <clears throat> I don't know. <laughs> I guess, like, I mean, I guess you, you get into some situations in life where you kind of have to decide, right? And it's normally the tough situations, like the seriously tough situations. Yeah. We're like, look, I, you know, can either absorb all this right now and break and, like, let it completely, you know, change the course of your actions or your life or whatever it is, or just try to try to look at the positives. Yeah. Even if there's none. Right. You know, sometimes there's really no no positives in a situation where you're like... You just just move on. You got like, power just, through. Yeah, just just go through it, and and uh, you know, yeah. I mean, there's there's so many diff- difficult situations. Of course, leaving high school, I never had the opportunity to go to university. For okay. So I oh, left I know high that. school. Yeah, I left high school straight into, and it was you know it was a conversation I even had with uh, I remember even until now Sol who Salah who used to be our, our, our yeah. keyboard player. Great so, guy. And Shout out to Sol, yeah. man. The guy is awesome, man. Yeah. So we were talking, and, and I was like, so, like, what do you think? And he was, of course, a little bit older, so I was like, so what do you think I should do? You know, stick to the music or find a job? Or And it was uh, it was not a, an option for me to, to, to go to university because at that time, my mother was going through cancer. Right. And there was a lot of, like, um, of course, bills. And, so, and I was the only child, so I was kind of faced with a situation that I had to get a job and pay the bills. Right. Right? So there, there was no option. Yeah. Um, so we were going through, so I was going through and that. you were what, 19 at the time, 18 at the time? Uh, yeah, 18, 19, yeah. Okay, so, wow. So basically it was going through that experience with, you know, w- with my mom for 10 years. So 10 she, years? She, yeah, she was going back and forth, did about 10 operations, a lot of chemotherapy sessions. Wow. <clears throat> took a while, took a while. She was, and so she this was is, what, what she was diagnosed at when you were? So when I was 17. She, when you were she 17. never told me though, because I was going through my exams, so she right. never really told me at 17. Oh, so wow. she kind of told me when school was done. Then I was like, okay, well, now we need to, you know, we need, we need to figure this out. So, so that's when I started working, and then um, I was working in medical insurance, because 
the reason, why, again, why I went into medical insurance was partially because they were providing insurance for, for my mother. Right. right? So that's, that, that okay, well, it made sense for me. Instead of me paying or trying to cover the bills, which were insane, mm. I was like, at least there's that benefit, what kind of covers, takes care of the, the bills. So, right. 11 years down the line, I was still in insurance. I know, yeah. You, yeah, you stuck yeah, to that job I, for a while. But I left. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you left, yeah. But still, so, <laughs> 11 years at one place. and then Yeah, yeah. So, it, I mean, it was, it was a good experience. So, how was it like being an 18, 19-year-old and just starting to work in a, such a serious environment? Mm. So, what was your in, like, what was your first... I had no clue what I was doing. Honestly, I had no clue what I was doing. And I, I think, like, uh, of course, as time went by, um, yeah, you know, my position got bigger. Uh, I think... Leaving uh, the company, I was assistant vice president of the sales division. And mm. it, was, it was a great experience. But I think, like, the reasons why I got into it was specifically to help my situation with right. my mother. Survival exactly. reasons. So, but it wasn't me, right? It was, right. Never, it was never me. Yeah. Like, that's why I was doing the music on the side. That's why I was doing my, let's say, more creative uh, things on the side. So there were, there, it came a time where... Um, you know, I had to make a decision whether to stay in, in the insurance field or not. And I thought um, so many things came to mind. I decided to leave and stay in India for about 10 days. In India? Yeah. For about so 10 days. Okay. I kind of just went like, drop it. I literally dropped the ball, <clears throat> went to India for about 10 days. Oh, what, I met with oh. a friend of mine okay. who, who, uh, who's a film creator from New York who came and also met me in, in Goa. Um, so me and Sari, Sari's our guitarist, we've been to Goa for quite a few times. And I kind of just wanted to disconnect, you know? Okay. I, I kind of wanted to just be in nature, in, on the beach, whatever, you know what yeah. I mean? So, and of course there was a lot of thinking going on and, and like trying to understand if money was not an option, what would I enjoy doing? What, what, what is the one thing that I would do for free? Mm. What is the one thing that will, I'm happy to wake up at four o'clock in the morning if needed, and do it for 12 hours and I'm still cool. Right. And it was something to, to do with, with consecration or with, with creativity in general, whether it's right. music, videos, you know, just being creative. You know what I mean? And that's, um, so that, that was my main driver. And that's, that's why I was doing music in the first place. And now it's evolved into, into film as well, like into creating, creating videos and, and, and movies. So I came back and uh, I had an offer from, from another company who, who does insurance as well. Uh, to join them, and, and it was it was a stable, great offer, and everything else. And I had another door that led me to either creating, let's say, my own company with a partner, and uh, no securities, no salary, no nothing. Mm. You kind of like just do it on your own. Yeah. <clears throat> so I let go of the insurance uh, job, and I decided to um, like do my own thing. Okay. So now I've got a content creation video production company. Excellent. With a friend of mine uh, as a partner as well. So. Okay. For the past four months now, three four months, and it's been it's been it's been going cool. Wow, it's been man, going good, man, yeah. So from I just, I just actually hired my first employees. Wow, that's still good, man. It is, yeah. Good. It's a bit of response. I think for me right now, the fact that like there is an employee that I need to cover the salaries, kind of like pushing me to make sure everything is is all right. It's been a great learning experience. Yeah, um, and and I've been lucky to to also activate like different relationships that I had in market. So, but I mean, so the the so there was this year was a lot of learning in terms of creating. Um, it, sort of a, a channel or, uh, you know, a, a brand w with, of course, uh, my partner, Tom, that um, identified with who I am more. You mm. know what I mean? And kind of, I thought, you know what, it's, at the moment, it's not about the money. If I'm able to create something that people appreciate and they're telling, like the feedback is it's great content and it's something that they're willing to consume and, and, and pay for it. 
I'm happy. Like, I'm, I, I, it's who I am more than dealing with insurance. Right. Yeah, <laughs> so I was about to say insurance. I, I've got the yeah. knowledge right now about it, but I'm, I'm probably not, not going to. But, you know, I think that's what's incredible. It's that uh, your stories are one of um, perseverance, you know. Um, you were faced with such a heavy choice mm. at such a young age. You know, and you know you had to like take on the world. You know, right? That's uh, your 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 first decision. Like our decisions at eighteen year olds, like uh, general eighteen years, like yeah, what school do I want to go to? And like I'm gonna you know mess around for the next four years, and like just all I gotta do is pass. Um, But for you, it was like it was you had to face reality much earlier than most of us. And uh, and it's good that you had friends like Saul to guide you through that time. And I remember, like, uh, during that time, you still did what you had to do with Juliana Down. Um, You still gave your all, your heart, your soul into that thing. You're taking care of your family. Um, And that, to me, was so admirable, you know, like, for a person to to actually do these things. And, you know, I was very much in touch with you at that time. And uh, never have I ever felt that you were down or you were, like, maybe you, like, you dealt with it in your own way, but... It's just I, I always respected that about you, you know, that you had that, um, you know, you had that outlook to life that yeah. was very different than ours, you know, that very different yeah, than I ours. Think, I think it's just it's just like a choice that you that you make and, and it reflects on yourself. Right. I mean, there's been so many times, of course, I was down. I was dealing with a lot of things yeah, of personally. Course. And I think the, the people really close to me probably knew about it. And like, you know, of course. And, and, but I, I was like, well, but why should it affect everybody else? Right? right. So let me deal with this. You know, maybe with one or two very very close people, but then like that's it. Yeah, yeah, so no, of course. And then you I learn from it, and, and you just move on. I yeah, think, uh, yeah, but it's it's fine, man. It's okay. It's, it's, <laughs> so. it's you know you moved on and and now like you did the Juliana Down thing, and of course you've seen some great milestones with Juliana Down, um, and that's I, I think that's why I, I, I love talking to you about Juliana Downs yeah. because even though a lot of the bands. During the you know the beginning of this podcast, where we were talking about the bands yeah. that were in the scene and all that, a lot of these bands fizzled out, yeah. you know, um, and that would discourage a lot of people. You know, that would be uh, that would be like, ah, you know, the scene is dead. I'm just gonna yeah. I'm just gonna yeah. throw in the towel and I'm good. But you guys, even though you lost drummers, you lost yeah. uh, <laughs> guitar players, you lost, you know, hundred yeah, percent. You yeah. just kept we, you build that band again yeah. and again and again yeah. and again and it kept the, going. Yeah, the challenge, especially creating a let's say a band or a group of people coming together to do something in Dubai is such a because the city is such a transient city mm. it becomes super difficult for you to say or to even guarantee that the same group of people are going to be the same or here 10 years down the line so we, I think we you're have to reform right. the, the band maybe four times I think like, you're one of the few people that I've known from like over 10 years ago yeah. that's still, still in the country here, yeah. you know? <laughs> so, uh, and you're right there yeah. is a transit mentality yes. here that yeah. uh, although I'm seeing that changing um, yeah. I think people who grew up here and were born here they're more likely to stay longer periods um, rather than people who come to work here at a later years. age and then they <laughs> leave you know um, but yeah even with that you, you kept going with Julianda yeah. I think at some point you were the only original member yeah. left at the in the me band. And Sari, yeah, me and Sari. Oh, was Sari one of the original founders? Sari originally played bass. And then oh, when no Bayan left, he's, he played guitar. Oh, okay. I, I Sari's know playing bass. Oh, okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So. And it's funny, I'm, I'm actually in touch with Soul, not so yeah. much, I mean, but like, I, I, you know, sometimes we message each other on Facebook sure. and uh, Bayan as well, yeah, and yeah. like uh, Ray sometimes, you he's know, in like. in the States now, yeah. Ray's in the States, yeah. yeah. So, um, <clears throat> and so that passed through, and then you started your vlogging thing. 
That's um, right. Yeah. Which <laughs> so like you, I mean, look, I got inspired by, of course, Casey Neistat, and it was, I think, new at the, at the time as well, um, two years ago, I think, and. I wasn't really that consistent with the with the vlogs, and I always felt like maybe when I left the country, it, there was much more comfortable, like uh, comfortness and, and more content that I was inspired to do. Uh, the challenge for me was being in, in Dubai and being creative every single week. For example, I, you know, I, my commitment to the to myself and to the channel was I'll try to upload a video a week. And then it was like, maybe one video every two weeks. Right, <laughs> and, yeah. like, and then because, of course, like, you know, you've, you've got your things that you're doing every single day and just trying to think of creative ways and, and, and stuff to, to, to create. It was a bit of a challenge, yeah. but, uh, you know, I'm still trying to let that sort of channel active. I, I love your I content, man. It. It's, it's, nice, it's, man. it's really well made, really well produced. Um, I try, I try. and it's, I was, I remember when I first started seeing your channel, um, about a couple of years ago, was it a couple of years where so, when I started? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, I was so surprised because uh, I was like, this this is insane quality. Like, this is <laughs> no okay. is this is this Dia really producing all this <laughs> stuff? Because this is insane. This is really really good. Um, and I started being very very much into what you were doing. And um, and I remember, I, you know, when I discovered your channel, there was um, I think there was like about ten videos up mm. at that time, and or maybe less. But uh, I, I really enjoyed your content. It was it was so much fun to go through, Appreciate and it. I was got I was a little bummed out when there was no more content. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, damn, you know, <laughs> there's a period of time, yeah, yeah. So it was it was really cool. So uh, that, that's what I'm saying. For you, it's it's it was almost a natural progression because it yeah. still was in the in the uh, in the realm of creativity that yeah. you went into vlogging, and it was really good. Yeah. And I think the cool thing about vlogging is that you always have to challenge yourself to do something different every day, or yeah. or and every day or every time you actually record a, mm -hmm. a vlog so how did you find that like how did you feel like okay i need to wake up at 6 a.m yeah i need to you know so <laughs> i mean to me so as, as so i was i was like during the process of creating the vlogs i was still learning how to how to make you know videos how to edit so it was a, a co like a nice learning uh, process and the creation process as well um there was a few times where kind of like you know going to do something for the vlogs but at the same time i just wanted to document like the cool things that I was I was I was doing and creating, and right now looking back at the whether it's the trips that I was taking to the states to to Sri Lanka whatever it is, and it's a nice way to to sort of look back and and, and almost like a timeline of your life. You yeah, know what I mean? like, yeah, it is. You're right. So I was my intention was to learn a new skill. To be honest, like yeah. so when I first started the vlogs, I was like, I want to make videos. So I want to learn how to make videos. And make so this was like what three years ago you started? Two, yeah, two, okay. two, 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 I think two years ago. Okay. And I thought you know a, a good way to for, for you to know how to to create. Uh, or edit movies is to create them. So I was like, cool, let me just create them and upload them on, on uh, YouTube. So I was learning, I was learning about gear, cameras, equipment, and editing, and it was really exciting and cool. Got into it and then kept like trying to be consistent with the, with the videos. Um, and then looking back right now, of course, I can see like how horrible it was at the very beginning and now like slowly it became better and better. But the the amazing part of it is is the fact that you can go back and almost like see a timeline of, of the past two years. Yeah. And uh, I don't, in my opinion, I think pictures are a great uh, way to, of course, like capture moments and capture, let's say, uh, important times. But if you have a video of it, it's it's like reliving the experience. I agree. Which is amazing. I agree. Um, I, I hid some of my, early, you know, the vlogs I told you about earlier. Um, I hid them. I didn't delete them. I had okay. them. But it's it was it's really interesting to like open them and uh, just play them yeah. and look at them. Yeah. It's like damn, I remember this. This was like a, about a year ago. You yeah. know, we went to this place or that place. It's it's, <laughs> it's really cool to actually relook at them and it, it almost is like a diary. You're right. Yeah. 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 
So, you know, there was, I mean, there was a bit of interest with, with that. And that's what led me to thinking of starting a production company. So right. it, it first started off with the vlogs and then learning how to create videos and stuff. And I remember the very first time I officially got asked to do a job on for video production. It was for Audi. Okay. Because I have that relationship with, with the Excellent. company since we were the ambassadors. As Julian and Dan, we were the ambassadors for Audi. So there was right. a, and they're quite supportive of you guys. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So there was an, always an ongoing relationship with them. And um, so they came around and there was a new car that was called the Q2, okay. which was targeted for the youth and, you know, the young generation. So they're like, like me. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, uh, so they were like, you know, do, do you want to sort of try and create uh, a series of videos that hosts uh, some of the local, uh, let's say, influencers or celebrities and uh, reflect their personality through that video and have the, the car be part of that? And that's when we created the Untaggable series for, Q, for Audi Q2. It mm-hmm. involved Hamdan Labri. Um, it, it was involved, very cool. Yeah, I watched I it. You've seen that? Very okay, cool. cool. Yeah. So like different characters in, in, in the scene. And uh, that was my first time ever to, to basically create something professionally. And, and, and uh, Awesome. Yeah, and, and, and like start my journey into the production world. Well, so. it was a very, I mean, it's, it's very natural. When you told me that you started your own um, production company, yeah. there was not a single atom in my body that was surprised. I was like, okay. yep, that natural progression for the <laughs> yeah. Honestly, you do a really good job. I mean, you're really good work at um, producing and, and editing and all that sort of stuff. And and you have that very strong creative element within you that obviously made sense yeah. for you to go there. And you have the business side, of course, because you've worked in, uh, you know, insurance. <laughs> God, it's so weird that you worked in insurance. <laughs> I know. Right? But uh, no, 100%. I think it's it's like it was, it was a nice learning experience. Yeah, um, and to be honest, being in Dubai right now is a good place and time to do your own thing. I'm starting to see a trend of a lot of people sort of leaving the jobs and becoming freelancers or doing yeah. their own thing, and I encourage that. Like, it's, Dubai, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a it's a bigger risk, yes, but. Um, if it works out for you, yeah. the rewards are much bigger. So. Definitely. I think Dubai does have that about... The, this city does have that. It has a strong entrepreneurial element to it. Yeah. Um, I always tell people the unique thing about Dubai is that, um, you know, we were here like what? I've been here for 20 years. Yeah. And that's a long time to be in one city. Any city, yeah. right? Not just Dubai, any city. Um, but I was, you know, 20 years ago, I remember when it was like a... You know, a desert, right? No, yeah. well, not a desert. It was still very impressive 20 years yeah. ago for somebody who just came to this country and was like, wow, long, like yeah. tall buildings, you know? But city center there. City there, there's center. city center. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, city center is amazing. We used to come all the way from Adobe to hang out in there. City center. <laughs> but I remember um, that, you know, where downtown is today, yeah. I remember when it was, like, there was nothing there. And it was, I think, it was a military camp at some point, and then it became like nothing, and then, and then they made it into what it is today. And I always tell people this: Burj Khalifa today is a symbol of really you could do whatever you set your mind to do. 100%. You know, you know, you 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 sit in downtown Dubai in one of the coffee shops, and you look up at Burj Khalifa, and really, Burj Khalifa is it's that symbol. It holds it yeah. like it's the 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 tallest building in the world and it just looks magnificent Mm. and you sit there and you look at it and you're like damn here in this area today where there's like fountains and there's this coffee shops the biggest mall in the world and all that stuff and this biggest building in the world this is a symbol to like if I want to do what I want to do I will do it you know and that's I think the mentality of the city right because people have been here like us for a long time We saw this happen, right? We saw that people said it was impossible, but they made the impossible happen. Mm -hmm. And 
And I think that's one of the most positive aspects about living in this city is that you you grow up with this mentality and with this semi sort of like thing behind the back of your head that says, you know, anything's possible. Anything's possible. You can do whatever you want to do. And and, and I agree with you. That's that's something that you could find in Dubai. That's that's quite that's quite strong, you know. Um, But within that, I think. You know, it's also like you have to be careful, like what kind of I always tell people like, okay, do your own thing, but make sure that when you take the plunge, like this is the thing you want to do, right? This is like you want to do it. You got you have enough funds to support it and and that sort of thing. So in terms of funds for you, like how was did you raise funds or did you? So so what I felt um, was really important is a lot of people do things on the side. Like give it a sort of to test it out. Right. That's that's important. Right. But if you want to take that step to really build your company, to sort of really say, you know what, this is going to be my full time job right now, and I want to build something from the ground up and and sort of invest in it, you're going to have to cut off, cut yourself off from any sort of day job. Or, yeah. You know what I mean? You you're going to have to feel the heat. Is what I'm what I'm basically right, trying right. to say. Because if you don't feel that heat, you're you're still going to be giving it 30%, 50%, 60%, but it's never going to be 150%. Right. And that's yeah. what you need. You need yeah. Especially in the first like two, three years, you're going to have to give it 150%. Absolutely. To build it up and to kind of, you know, have, have a strong foundation. So when we first started, um, I mean, I was lucky to, so when it comes down to like the consecration, I was lucky to have a bit of toys. I would, say, I would call them like camera equipment and camera gear. So there wasn't much of an, a, a big investment. So I joined the company, um, called Create Media, uh, run by Tom. So yeah. Tom is a friend of mine, Tom Watson, who built that company six, seven years ago. We had a chat when I left um, uh, insurance and I was kind of still lost in terms of what, what did I really want to do. I had an idea of creating uh, my own production company alone. And then we had a conversation. He said, listen, I mean, it works really well with what they were doing, digital media side. And then we decided that we would join forces, create a different pillar of, of that group of companies which was called uh, Create Production. And Create Production is basically a partnership in partnership, me and him. Right. And it gave me a platform where I was able to build that company without investing in the infrastructure. So trade license, uh, rent, and everything else. Because everything was ready. Mm. So I kind of joined in. And I was pretty lucky to to, to be able to, um, of course, know Tom for that long. I've known him for, for a few years. And then we decided to get into business together. And he, he trusted the idea that this was uh, a beneficial avenue for... And it made sense, I think, for his business because... Right. Creating great content that works well with an online strategy, it kind of just married, yeah. it's a good marriage between right. each other. So, so far, I mean, we've been lucky to work on some pretty cool, um, there's a lot of cool things that we're, we're, we're about to work on as well in the coming year. From content creation, video content creation to live broadcast uh, is, is a new addition now that we're adding to, to what we're doing. So, um, taking, let's say, an event, uh, doing a, a, almost like a TV quality production of it that's going live streaming to uh, Facebook. I think you should actually live stream your podcast sometime. Yeah, yeah. well, I, yeah. <laughs> so, I we mean, can do, we can do that for you. We can do we, that. <laughs> what we got here is very uh, basic. So, so, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure we're there yet. <laughs> but I think, I mean, I mean, Again, coming down to like the consumption of people, we, you know, we used to sit down and watch TV, and right now nobody's watching TV, mm. television. Like when they said that radio is dying and then television is dying, and now everybody's moving towards um, consuming content, whether it's Netflix or uh, online, you know, so on social media. Yeah, it's people want to consume the content when they when they feel like consuming the right. content. So it's got to right. be whenever they want to want to watch things. So. And I think, yeah, man, I mean, you know, this is the new TV, so exactly. it's in your pocket, it's everywhere you want it, you know, wherever exactly. you go. And I think if you're able to, to create, whether it's a podcast, a show, music videos, any kind of content that, that serves that platform well, and it stands out from, from the quality side, 
then you've you know it's easier to capture an audience. Yeah, and that's, no, I, I absolutely I think you're right. It's um, it's just, it's people's behaviors towards um, content is yeah. now very different. Yeah. You know, um, even Netflix is changing the game. You know what I mean? Like I, I've moved my my consumption of live television has yeah. decreased by I would say. 80% right yeah, um, I don't even watch live TV like I don't even know what, what's happening I just put it as so, background now you know yeah, what I mean like yeah. I just I just have it on or unless I want to watch like live news because I'm yeah. into like watching live news and whatever yeah. I, I enjoy that I know it's very weird yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, but it's usually Netflix and even my wife who doesn't watch TV at all yeah. she now is a Netflix like extraordinary like she's all she's all in you know she's like she watches her shows and everything so yeah it's 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 very interesting and you're right it's that's where it's going that's where it's headed i think i think it's it's a really interesting time for content creators i mean you see all these influencers and you know and uh people who are creating content uh full time as their job right uh you know I respect the ones who create great content, mm-hmm. quality content. There's a lot of people who Don't. are dabbling <laughs> and like kind of are you know trying to trying to do something, but they really they shouldn't. Well, what are your thoughts <laughs> on influencers? Like, what are your? I mean, see, my to be honest with you, so in my opinion, it's not about the numbers because so many influencers show up with like a million, let's say. Right. You say, okay, cool. Can you, if you've got a million followers, can you bring 200 people tonight at this venue? And the answer, probably the reality will be that they can't. Right. And I think an influencer is somebody who has influence. Like, uh, that's one thing I would call people. Stop calling yourselves influencers. Like, this is not a job to be an influencer. You know what I mean? If you have influence on people, that means you're creating something that people are watching, are following. So you're a content creator. If you're a content creator, what is your content? Are you Mm. a musician? Are you a video editor? Are you a movie maker? Right. Okay, that I respect. But it's like, if I'm just sitting with somebody who's an influencer, I'm like, well, what's your influence? Right. (laughs) how are you going to influence me? You know what I mean? Like, how come you're an influencer? Like, what is that, a job? Yeah, like, what, I hate, I hate that how do word. I apply for being an influencer? Like, that's not... <laughs> I hate you know that I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. So, so I think... And that's where a lot of people... And, and now I think brands are starting to be more aware of this. Mm. Um, and I've seen that a lot of the clients where, where initially they would just look at the numbers. Oh, no, but he has like 5,000 followers. But who cares? Yeah. How many people are going to show up? How right. many people are going to engage with your brand? Like, how many people will care out of the 500,000? Right. And I think somebody who has 1,000 that 500 are willing to come, 500 are willing to engage and like communicate and talk back and like, that's a community that's strong. True. But if somebody has 500,000 and like they're just, it's, it's you know, it's it just becomes a, uh, like a numbers game and I think it's, it's short-lived. Right. It's very no, I agree with you. I think, yeah. I think the word influencer is misplaced. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, you, you're not really an influencer because you're not, it's, I think it's a marketing term. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it, it was born in marketing meeting rooms, yeah. right? Yeah. So they sit there like, oh, we're going to get uh, this guy, this guy, Dia as well, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And these guys are influencers because they're going <laughs> to influence people to buy our product, yeah. right? That's, that's essentially what, yeah. where the word influencer comes from. Um, but I, I agree with you. I don't see them as influencers. Mm-hmm. They're more like they're content creators, right? Yeah. They're people who yeah. create content. And if a marketer wants to work with them, then they are amplifying a message yeah. that the marketer wants to do. That, that's, so, yeah, that's anything. It could be a band. It could be a musician, right? So like as, as musicians, you've got whether it's a guitar company, an amp company, they come and they want to work with you. It's pretty much the same thing. Right. Like... I, I think it works. Like uh, Me too. Me too. Uh, I think the, the whole concept of yeah. in, real influencers, if you really want to market a product, like for example, if I'm watching Casey Neistat video and he, he goes around and says, 
the best camera for vlogging is the GH5 whenever Panasonic. Bam. Yeah, I'm, I'll believe it. I'm, right. I'll, I'll be buying this yeah. camera. You know the next thing. Yeah, like, but that's due to his content, right? Hundred percent. Amazing. Because you content. trust. You yeah. trust what he's saying because he's a trustable. Like you know, because you're not watching him. Like there's something else. Like the, he's 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 not trying to sell you stuff. He's right. creating content that you believe in, that you think is great. Uh, for example, when he was at the very beginning, he, you know, he was like uh, featuring the boosted board. I was like, hey, like I normally do a bit of like you know uh, uh, longboarding and stuff, and I was like, I was trying to find where the boosted board is, and I couldn't find it anywhere, and I actually shipped it from the states. So that was like that was me being a, a great example of actually consuming <laughs> a, a product. Consumer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was I was basically I, I got influenced. Yeah. Right. So. But but when it comes down to like just people who don't have a specific channel of, of creation, so who jump on every single opportunity and, you know, they're like one day promoting something who just promotes like right. this is not, you know, I'm not following you right. to, pro- to be promoted products. Right, right, right. I'm, right. I'm, I'm all, th- that's the difference. And I feel like a lot of people are only promoting products like they're a billboard. I agree. And it's like, well, no, dude, this is not. You see is a not face too- of a guy. Who would appear on a certain brand, yeah. and then he would appear on the competitor's brand the next day. It's like, what? <laughs> exactly. I thought you told exactly. me to buy that one. Exactly. Why, why, why yeah. are you promoting this one now? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, like it, it, it comes down to real influencers who are people who are content creators. Whether it's music, movies, pictures, paintings, those are the real influencers because you're you're following them because of what they do, not because of the products they're trying to sell right. you. Exactly. That's like that's the whole that's exactly. the whole point. Like, I, I completely it's agree. pretty much like we're watching John Mayer play a Fender guitar because I love John Mayer. Now I want to buy the Fender guitar. Yeah, yeah. It's not because he's, you know, he's not playing the Fender guitar to sell me the Fender guitar. Like, right. it's it's the other way around. So, right. so yeah, right. that's, that's I completely I agree with you. I think I think it does work. You're right. Yeah. And and in the instances that you've you've used, perfectly correct. Yeah. I think that's exactly how it works. Um, and I also think that the term, like I said, term influencer is a bit like out there, so not very well defined. Um, and it all boils down to content. You're right. It all boils down to what type of content that you're doing. And the thing is that now you look at the content that's going up online. And some people are just doing it for the sake of becoming influencers, yeah. right? They, they want to become yeah, in, like the, the people who – they want to influence. They want to be uh, – you know, they want to – get that big check from the brand or and they so want on. to be invited to the parties and they want to go right but that's the wrong mentality look i think it's an amazing time to if you're a real content creator whatever your content genre is right if you're a real content creator there's an opportunity for you to be able to travel the world right and not be stuck in an office i love that yeah. I'm, I'm down for that yeah, yeah. i'm 100 down for that mm-hmm. right so we and that opportunity never existed 10 years ago so there is a there is a new right. sort of market for it, which is an amazing evolution in the let's say marketing world or in general in the economy. So the fact that now people can be traveling, representing themselves as a brand, mm-hmm. whether it's you, you, whether it's, you're a fitness guy, whether you're a musician, whatever it is, and be able to run a business online, and that's like the basically the evolution of the internet, the you know the, the platforms that are now being created accessibly, easy for everybody, and. and yeah, sure. Use it. You know, if you're if if you think that you've got what it takes, but there's a lot of noise that we have to cut through. Right. And the problem is, it becomes like it's at the moment. Is I think it's oversaturated. Like mm. we were talking earlier, that YouTube is becoming so difficult to break. Um, whether you know Facebook as a platform to share videos is better than YouTube, I don't know. I feel I personally feel Facebook is a little bit more effective. Mm. Um, but at the same time, well, I think there's not much <laughs> um, the pressure of content creation. Yeah falls more on YouTube because I think people view YouTube as, you know, the step after TV, right? Yeah. So if you make it on YouTube, yeah. you know, you're almost like, like network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you got it. Yeah, yeah, I got this. I'm on YouTube yeah. and I'm big. But and I think people are thinking in that direction, not so much in the direction on Facebook. However, there are a lot of 
channels that are popping up exclusively on Facebook yeah. that are doing incredibly well, yeah. right? So, um, so we just created uh, with a co- with a company. Basically, we created a show called Just Create, and yeah. it's almost um, behind the scenes of oh, I've seen that, what yeah. happens in, in a company. Basically, and yeah. we we show some of the meetings that we have with clients. We show the challenges that we're, we're facing. So we give you a bit of a sneak peek. It's a weekly show, and that lives on Facebook. We yeah. do upload it on, on, on YouTube, but the main channel that we were focusing on you're is focus, You're pushing, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, remember those guys, um, punny pun times? The guys who, um, you know, they do like the whole puns and whatever. I think they're based out of Jordan. I think their channel is only on, uh, on Facebook, Facebook. Yeah. but it did incredibly well. I think also what doesn't suck, who live in Dubai. They're the two couple that sort of travel the world, travel ah, from locations for oh, okay. 48 hours and tell you, tell you what to do. They, they also live on Facebook in terms of content. So Facebook so definitely yeah. is a platform that's yeah, easier yeah. to crack in terms of, uh, in terms yeah. of video. I think because yeah. Facebook wants you to... Uh, 100%. To, to, and the algorithm to, helps you as well. Yeah. yeah. So, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, one day maybe you'll be doing the podcast for, as a full-time thing. So that's like the That'd opportunity. Cool. <laughs> like I, th- I think going back a step, I think the, the fact that we're living in this time where it's a possibility for us to be able to create content, represent ourselves as a brand, Absolutely. which is really important. So, yeah. and you know, and, and it's an amazing time. Like, do I think it's short lived to the influencer uh, idea of marketing has been there since day one, right? Like, has been there 10 years ago, right? But just the, 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 the medium and the way that it's being presented has changed. And now it be, it's becoming more accessible for people. That's why there's a lot of noise, right? But again, great quality right. always stands out. And it, takes, it takes a bit of time, but you know, for anyone who's a content creator out there is listening, <laughs> stick to it. If you really enjoy it, if you really think that the feedback's good, and of course there's going to be a learning curve. We, you know, when we, when we start writing music or creating things, it's not going to be amazing at the very beginning, but if you've got the passion and perseverance, you've got to learn. And there, you know, there just hear the feedback of yeah. people. And if, you know, if, if it's something that you feel it's, you're willing to give it everything you have, then I think it's, uh, it's worth a shot. So, well, the reason I'm doing, um, long form content like this is because I, personally enjoy it right yeah. so um and this is know. the first time by the way i'm on a podcast and i'm loving it so yeah it's it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's fun and it's like uh and Natural. you hear like longer form of thoughts so like today for example i have you on this podcast people might know the hassan from his songs or from juliana down or whatever yeah. but do they truly know yeah. the, the hassan's personality yeah. you know how he's like yeah. how he talks i think an environment like this allows for these conversations to develop the personality further yeah. for that person and develop my personality as well because i learn from my guests yeah. and yeah. and almost uh, with every episode i form ideas about the world sure. and so yeah. on because of these conversations that we're having uh, and i think this type of content is very prevalent in you know in the us and in, in, in canada mm-hmm. in uh, in europe uh, a lot of this long form podcasting um video podcasting stuff yeah. like that it's very like popular in that, that type of in that side of the world and i don't see much of it happening in our side of the world and that's not one of the reasons why i did it obviously mm-hmm. i don't i mean i do it because i enjoy it you know yes. and um and i think there's a there's a platform here to just get people to talk and mm-hmm. to have a conversation and Definitely. And we almost fight online all the time. It's like, why we fight online? Just come on my show. Let's talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? um, so no, definitely, man, for sure. And I, yeah. I, look, I've been a, I've been a fan of what you're doing as well. Like for you know, for the few episodes, the past episodes that I've been watching, I think. As the and I'm 100 sure that the podcast will grow. Yeah, you know, from production Hopefully. levels so, to yeah. like <laughs> three cameras in here, more chairs. Well, gotta thank room. you for the cameras, man. Those two cameras. Yeah, like, so, like, we're, we're trying different angles today. I hope it's working. I hope it's working. So. Brought to you by Dia <laughs> Hassan, by the way. Just so you know, this is super totally basic GoPro production, but yeah. Uh, but so, yeah, yeah, no, thanks for that, man. And um, 
It is. It's. It's just a matter of um, you know getting that stuff out there and seeing if it sticks or not. I've been getting some positive feedback from people. Like they they enjoy that it's it's actually the people are actually talking. Yeah. And and actually you know talking about a full idea rather than yeah. just say like talking points. You know sure. what I mean? Like sure. so now we know more about Dia. Now we know more about I hope so. you know and that's and I like <laughs> yeah. that kind of kind of thinking yeah. and. Uh, you know, and I, I try to keep episode to be very different than the next one, you know, like, so hopefully the following week will be somebody to talk about something completely different from what we've talked about today. Sure. You know what I mean? So uh, I think that keeps it interesting. That keeps it entertaining and, um, and you know, valuable, you know, for, yeah. for people yeah, yeah. to just sort of like understand, learn and so on. I mean, definitely. Know? I mean, look, sharing, sharing ideas and, and a platform like this could be, could be great for yeah. people to, you know, to, to learn about new things or to, to share, to learn from experiences. And a lot of time. Sometimes, you know, for, for somebody who's gone through something and sharing it on a platform like this is more credible than just reading it online and, you know, how to do things or whatever it is. Like if somebody comes in and says, you know what, I've just started a company and I've faced all these problems and he's sharing real genuine experiences. Yeah. That's, you know, I'll, I'll listen because there's a learning curve right. for, for, for somebody who's done it. Yeah. And I think that's the credibility of a platform like this, that when you bring people on here, there are people who have done things that maybe other people haven't, but they can learn from it. Right. So, and I think that's that's the that's a nice angle. Too. And I think the the privacy of it is nice. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, um, I know this is going to go out to the world, but um, during the creation process, the creation yeah. process, just yeah, literally yeah, you and me in a <clears throat> soundproofed room. Yeah. And we're just talking, you know, and yeah, there's like no it. like, sure. yeah, there's yeah. no, uh, you know, so yeah. I think that's what I like about it. Cool. It's, it's, it's yeah. very cool. Um, but uh, we are, we are definitely running over an hour. <laughs> so, are we? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so I, <laughs> I thought I, there was a timer. What happened? <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't have, I, I need to Did find a way to look ready? at, I didn't even press on the timer. Oh, no yeah. way. Oh God. But I just say it's like one thirty. but anyway. I got excited. You want to start straight away. You're like, <laughs> let's go, let's go. <laughs> cool, but man. Thanks for having Dia, me. Yeah, man. I, I absolutely enjoyed this. <laughs> first of all, first of all, I realized like, it was an hour. Yeah, I, like, I, I reminisced with you. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we've spoken about your life and your uh, your experiences, which is yeah. awesome. Thanks, um, yeah. So thank you so much for coming on this. Thanks. Please for retweet me. or share or whatever you, you yeah, yeah, do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you for the cameras. No I'm really anytime, happy with that. Anytime. Thank you so cool, much, bro. man. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you so Take much, care. man. See you.